Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's Seed World Strategy webinar. My name is Alex Martin, and I serve as the editor for Seed World Magazine, and today I'm so happy to be your host. For most seed companies and most of our grower customers, planting is almost coming to an end. On today's webinar, we're going to be diving into some fun aspects to think of during the growing season. How next-gen ag tech is advancing the seed industry. As planting continues and growers have more options than ever before, it's essential to understand how to guide your customers towards the best solutions. During this session, we're going to explore a couple of following key points. We're going to learn how to discover new ag tech for growers and seed companies, what our customers should be learning about and using, and how to keep up with innovation as technology advances so rapidly. We'd also like to let you know that today's webinar is being recorded and is going to be made available at seedworld.com following the proceedings. And in addition, um, we are going to be live tweeting this panel. So if you'd like to follow along with that, make sure to check out the, the hashtag, hashtag SWStrategyWebinar. And also, since this is a panel discussion, I'd really like to encourage you, if you have a question, feel free to type it in whenever you have it. I'll make sure to, uh, to distribute it to our panel and uh, get it during our discussion. Now, let's bring in our expert panel today. I'd like to present our three panelists. Join me, joining me today are Rob Prue, Extension Agriculture Technology Systems Specialist at North Dakota State University, Todd Robran, who is Vice President of Sales at Growers Edge, and Blake Krogert, who is partner at Burdent Partners, LLC. Rob, Todd, Blake, thank you so much for joining me today. I figured this morning we could start with some brief introductions before we kick off our discussion. Rob, I'd love for you to kick off our introductions and tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do at North Dakota State University. Yes, thank you, Alex. So uh, as Alex mentioned, I'm an agriculture technology systems specialist with NDSU Extension. Relatively new to the role, I began in January and within our extension system, I'm what's called a statewide specialist, which means a big part of my role is to provide overall leadership to the folks in the different regions and also our county agents in the topic of agriculture technology systems, which really breaks down to the main subtopics of precision agriculture, sprayer systems, and machinery systems. Uh, prior to this role, I have uh, 14 years experience teaching undergraduate agronomy. Uh, agronomy is my, my background, including a course on seed science and seed technology and, and seed conditioning. So I have that uh, link to, to the clientele of Seed World as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rob. Todd, I'll let you kick off our introduction next. Tell us a little bit more about you and Grower's Edge. Oh, and you might be muted, Todd. Thank you, Alex. Uh, and uh, thanks for the opportunity to join the panel. Uh, my name is Todd Robran. I am uh, Vice President of Sales at Growers Edge. Uh, I've spent about uh, 23 years in both the ag and technology space. Um, a big chunk of that was spent with uh, DuPont and Pioneer um, uh, with a heavy agronomy focus uh, while I was with uh, that organization. I spent five years in a pure play technology company working in cybersecurity. Um, both of those experiences have led me to Grower's Edge, uh, where I get to leverage both my ag uh, passion uh, and uh, experience, along with some of the technology uh, experience that I gained uh, while working uh, as a consultant uh, in that space. 
Uh, Growers Edge is a financial technology company. So as we think of the technology space, it's very broad. Um, as we uh, at Growers Edge uh, consider technology, we look at things that help to improve uh, the ability for growers to uh, work with their ag retailers, work with other partners, uh, work with their seed suppliers, uh, helping to remove some of the friction that uh, they may encounter, uh, making some of the transactions e easier, whether that's input financing, uh, whether that's a mortgage, and we'll talk more about that uh, later, uh, as well as warranty-backed products to help reduce risk. So that's a little bit about Grower's Edge, and uh, I'll uh, turn it back over to you, Alex. Thank you so much, Todd. And our last introduction of the day, Blake, I'd love to hear a little bit more about you and Verdant Partners. Yes, thanks, Alex. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Um, Blake Krogert, I'm a partner with Verdant Partners. We are a global mergers and acquisitions firm focused on the food and ag space. Um, we have a long history, about 25 years in the seed industry, and for the last seven or eight have been very focused on this broader ag tech industry, which I cover for us. So pleasure to be here. Look forward to the convergence of these two topics. Awesome. Thank you so much, Blake. With that, let's dive into our discussion. And I figured we could start today by framing this discussion with a question for you all. Um, I figured we could go in order. We'll start with Rob and then Todd and then Blake. Um, and it will be fun to see all of the different perspectives we have today. In terms of technology, what do you see as being an impactful piece of technology, either for seed companies or for their growers right now? And Rob, I'll let you kick off that question for us. Sure, and I'll I'll speak to the growers. That's really my focus of my role. Uh, could be quite a few different things I could possibly choose from, but to keep with the topic of seed, I would say planter technologies has been a pretty um, impactful piece of technology, especially in the last decade or so. Really a lot of advancements in uh, seed singulation, especially under higher speeds, things like um, row cleaners and, and adjustable variable down pressure throughout the field, closing wheels technologies, just the vast array of options that are available for, for growers, farmers to really try to um, customize their planter to work for their specific production situations. So really has been a lot of movement in that space in the last decade, decade and a half. Um, planters look quite a bit different now than they did than they did before all, all these technology developments came about. Yeah, they certainly do. Thank you so much, Rob. Um, Todd, I'd like to hear your uh, perspective on this as well. Yeah, I'll kind of piggyback on and, and maybe continue Rob's thought process there because it's clearly the planter technology uh, has changed agriculture and how farmers uh, plant. What that's done is generate a incredible amount of data. And uh, that's where I see some of the biggest impact to agriculture. Uh, the technology is there. It helps them uh, be more efficient. Um, the data helps them be more productive, helps them have better visibility into how their crops, uh, how their farm is performing, and uh, being able to use that data to make better decisions. Uh, so I, I love the technology and what it can do but I love being able to take the output of that technology and actually be able to put that to work for growers, helping them make better decisions uh, for their operation. Yeah, that's fair. But data is a big discussion. I, I think that's even just an entire separate discussion sometimes too. Um, Blake, I, I know you work a little bit more with seed companies, so I'd love to hear your perspective as well. 
Sure. Yeah. Thanks, Alex. And uh, echo Rod, Rob and Todd's comments there. And it's appropriate, I think, to frame it up with a approach on seed businesses versus growers. Uh, the tech industry is so broad, as everyone knows. So the application potential of a lot of these is, is has its own uh, channels. Within the seed industry, I think we followed very closely some of the advancements that have ongoing in R&D, biotech developments, uh, really keen to see some of the digital advancements, digital twins from a breeding perspective um, come to fruition in the market. Uh, we're also, from more of a marketing channel, watching closely this open AI uh, capability for seed businesses, a lot of capabilities on instantaneous agronomic insights, product efficiency for agronomists to be able to use to better service customers uh, in the space. And then from a grower standpoint, um, you know, we're, we're excited to see some of the predictive analytics capabilities echoing Rob's comments on data, using this data to make uh, decisions better, forecasting for application timing, whether that be a chemistry, a seed, um, or other to, to really improve productivity across the borders, a few to, to mention. Awesome. Thank you so much, Blake. Blake, we'll kick off our individual questions by following up with you. You know, we just talked about impactful technology, but I also want to see if you've been seeing anything that's a game changer for different seed companies in terms of ag tech. Like, is there anything that you're seeing different seed companies pick up for their operations? Yeah, good question. Um, and maybe a little history too to think about uh, for context. I think you know, I think of ag tech in some ways as the climate acquisition uh, by Monsanto is starting what this industry has become. Um, and, and to us, anyway, our perspective was that inputs businesses were going to likely buy, consolidate, and own a lot of these technologies. Um, and really with the mindset of can we better sell our product to a grower using data, having access to um, important features to be able to upsell. And, and I think that's held true in some regard, but really, you know, where we are today, it seems like much of the technology is now improving productivity for the grower uh, with that same data set, almost as a, not a sales tool for a seed company, but as a service component for them to be able to better serve their constituents. And, and I think that's where the industry's heading today. Um, so really, you know, marketing yield potential, but guaranteeing it in some, some capacity using some of these technology tools. Awesome. Thank you so much, Blake. Um, Todd, I'm sure you get to see different retailers work with grower customers in a lot of ways. Is there one piece of ag tech that you see questions about consistently? Um, I'm, I'm kind of curious where our customers' curiosities are kind of lying right now. Mm -hmm. It's it's a great question, Alex, and and I'll answer it. That I don't believe there is one technology that growers are struggling with. Um, I I think any grower uh, they will uh, answer that question differently. It's it's the planter technology, uh, as Rob mentioned. But beyond that, there is just a plethora of things coming at farmers, and uh, for them to be able to make a decision. Uh, I, I think the biggest challenge that uh, I've heard from ag retailers is getting farmers to adapt technology. Uh, they, they tend to be laggards. They, they tend to want to make sure that it's proven. Um, obviously, as, as an agricultural industry, uh, we only have one season at a time. Uh, so you, you need to be uh, very cautious. The technology has to be proven. And uh, working with growers to help them 
uh, gain acceptance of the technology and adopt it on a, a large number of the acres, I think is one of the biggest uh, challenges that ag retailers face. Uh, read your article uh, that Chad Colby uh, referenced, and, and I know Chad well. Um, he, he's talked about that a lot, that it's, it's, it's expensive and it's difficult to get farmers to adapt. I think ag retailers are, are challenged to get their farmers to do the same thing. Yeah, I, I love that that frame of reference, Todd. And I think we'll we'll be getting a little bit more into that conversation later. But I, I'm so glad that someone already went ahead and brought it up because it was something that was a little on my mind as well. Before we get over to that question, Rob, you know, I you come to us again from a different background. We we already established that as an extension specialist, you kind of hone on things like precision agriculture for, for growers. How have you seen technology develop since the onset and this kind of more focus on precision agriculture? Sure. I you know, there's a, a data set out there that I think is really helpful for for thinking about this. There's a survey that's been conducted since about the mid '90s, uh, collaboration between CropLife Magazine and Purdue University, where they've they've surveyed uh, retailers and asked, you know, what are the levels of adoption they're seeing. And one of the things that stood out to me is I think some of the technologies that that seem to be fairly widespread, and, and I perceive them to be pretty widespread in this region uh, as well, really relate to machine automation and augmentation. So things like auto steer guidance and automatic section control shutoffs on sprayers and planters where when you get to an overlap spot, it will shut off that section of the of the implement. And variable planter down pressure, which I mentioned earlier, you know, these are things that are really machine adjustments and they really um, kind of like what Blake mentioned, you know, these are efficiency type technologies. Um, it seems to me that, you know, this using data to augment decision making has proven to be more challenging. And there's still just a huge amount of opportunity there that's just waiting to be unlocked, but it's just proven to be really challenging. So, um, you know, variable rate fertilizer and egg lime applications are pretty common and there's, you know, technologies to support that, but, you know, the evaluation side is still pretty sparse, like evaluating what the outcomes of those applications are. And then other things that could be adopted, like using satellite imagery or UAV imagery to take actions within a growing season to, to have interventions for pest control or for nutrition. You know, there's a lot of ideas and thoughts and excitement there, but just not super widespread. And the data from that survey does not support that it's real widespread like some of these other things. So really trying to figure out how to use these data sets and, uh, and augment decisions that are happening. There's, there's a lot of potential there. Yeah, definitely. And I know data can be, data is one of those pieces that I think can be rather um, intimidating sometimes. But um, I, I think I think it could be a, a, a great tool for, for growers to use in the field. And again, I think we'll get back to kind of that um, getting people to adapt to those innovations a little bit more in just a couple of minutes. Um, Todd, I actually wanted to follow up with you about another kind of fun question. Um, how are you seeing different agriculture trends? Like I'm thinking like sustainability, regenerative agriculture measures and things like that. How are you seeing those get supported by ag tech? Yeah, those, those are huge topics, Alex. Uh, can't pick up a farm magazine uh, like Seed World without uh, uh, seeing articles on that and the adoption and, and how those practices can uh, help farmers, help the environment and, and, and obviously on and on and on. Uh, so those practices uh, 
are, are challenged in that farmers, again, um, are slow to adapt. And uh, by using some technology, uh, we're able to help them maybe more quickly adopt some of those practices on their farm uh, and be more successful when they do so. Um, Grower's Edge works with a lot of uh, regenerative and sustainable partners uh, to help implement plans that uh, if a grower follows a set of recommendations, um, and, and those are uh, put out by experts, whether it's uh, the state university, uh, whether it's an ag retailer or other interested uh, agronomic party, uh, follow those recommendations. And uh, what we do to help uh, gain traction and adoption is say, look, Mr. Farmer, if this doesn't perform as expected, uh, there is going to be a backstop. There's going to be a warranty to help uh, eliminate some of that risk that farmers inherently have to take on anytime they change production practices. So that's the fintech side of financial technology side of technology that can help growers as they look to adopt new practices as you described, Alex. Awesome. Thank you so much, Todd. These next two questions, I think we're going to dive into a little bit more of that discussion about um, kind of adapting and using the the new technology. So I, I want to leave this open that if anyone else wants to chime in on the, these questions besides the person I directed to, please absolutely feel free. But Blake, this first question's for you. You know, we, we've talked about kind of the, the trends influencing ag tech and how there's been you even talked about how there's been such a rapid development within the past couple of decades with ag tech. What is your recommendation to see companies on how they can kind of keep up and manage with the latest and greatest happening? Yeah, it's good. Good. Tough question. Uh, you know, to be honest, I think there was a, a period in the ag tech industry where seed businesses felt somewhat threatened uh, by technology, displacing the relationship that maybe they had with a grower um, or other customer. And I, I think we're, we're past that curve. Um, there is a ton of noise that remains in the market. So many companies with different offerings and piecemeal applications that it is difficult to navigate. Um, but I think you need to approach it with an open mind. Uh, consider that the opportunity to better serve your customer could exist with some technology that's available. I feel like also a lot of groups in the technology space uh, that have developed solutions are looking for access to um, the market in some form and, and mistakenly in some capacity, maybe it's a lack of knowledge. They, they tend to move to retail and that's not a, not a bad thing. Um, but I feel like seed businesses are often overlooked, especially independent seed companies that have a relationship with the grower, uh, a very good trusted source to be able to deploy some of these solutions. So be open-minded to hearing some of these technologies and trialing it out. I think it's a good avenue to better serve, bring value to the customer, build stickiness of the product, et cetera. Um, and they're out there, but I, I don't pretend that it's not difficult to uh, to navigate all these. Yeah, man, if technology is hard in my own house, I can only imagine how intimidating and difficult it can be on in the field, in businesses and things like that to, to be able to learn. Um, Rob, this next question is for you. And again, Todd, if you want to weigh in on this too, please feel free. But, you know, we, we talked a little bit about how, you know, 
farmers can some be sometimes be a little bit slow to to take up technology. Um, and one comment I saw about ag tech, and this was actually I think a comment that Chad Colby made as as well in that article that that Todd referenced, is by the time it reached growers in the field, that technology might already be slightly dated. Do you have any advice for for our grower customers when it comes to keeping up with these innovations and when they should be kind of investing in new technology? Right. You know, I think a part of it is that it's not necessarily a bad thing that these have been a little bit dated because they're kind of out of the beta mode and you can have a little better sense of what they're capable of and what maybe some of the sticking points are and they've been refined a little bit. But just as kind of general advice, I would encourage anyone considering adopting these things, really try to define for yourself what the value proposition is. Uh, but keep in mind that value might not always be strictly in economic terms. So one example, uh, guidance and auto steer, you know, I, I mentioned uh, already, and by survey data, it seems to be one of the more widely adopted practices, you know, really quite popular. And it has an obvious economic benefit by reducing the unnecessary overlap. You know, you can save three to 5% on various inputs, and it's on every single field that you travel with that auto guided piece of equipment. Um, but beside the economic benefit, there's a clear quality of life benefit as well. You know, I come from a farming background and I remember when my family's farm transitioned to this auto guidance, my dad talking about how during planting season, he was so, he had so much less mental fatigue at the end of the day because he wasn't watching everything so closely. And there's a benefit to that and it might not show up on a balance sheet, but it's certainly worth something. So define that value proposition, but keep in mind that it might not be strictly economic value. Um, Todd, I wasn't sure. Did, do you want to add anything to that question? Because I know it, it overlaps with what you've been talking about as well. Yeah, for sure. And, and uh, Rob, I think answered the question well, but using tools to help reduce some of the risk as you adopt this new technology, um, I, I think is really important. Um, there's a lot of different things a farmer can uh, adopt and, and, and put into practice on his farm. Um, but they need to be able to uh, know if it's going to impact them, uh, what's the downside risk, and making sure that they manage that risk so that what they implement uh, shows some clear benefit, even if it's not maybe what they anticipate, um, for sure not detracting or taking away from what they're trying to accomplish. I do love uh, that that you and you and Rob have mentioned that there are some benefits that you might not see on the the spreadsheets when you're calculating that kind of return on investment. I love that you highlighted the mental fatigue and how it can alleviate that, Rob, because I I think that is so important for not only just our customers but for seed companies as well to be able to take a deep breath and know that while this is new, it can maybe make your life a little bit easier. Um. I think this could be time for another fun kind of in the future framed question for the three of you. With all this talk about new innovations and new technology, um, I'm thinking particularly, and I'm sure all three of you have heard more about artificial intelligence within the last two months or so than you probably have a, a, maybe the rest of the year. Um, what do you th three see as being kind of the next big thing in terms of ag tech? Um, and maybe I always feel like it, it goes over a little bit better when I ask a question to all of you, if I give you an order, maybe we'll start with Rob this time and then go Todd and then Blake again as well. 
Sure. So, I mean, I, I do think that some of these different subfields of, of artificial intelligence are going to end up being impactful in terms of the, you know, the direct to farmers impact, you know, right now I, we're seeing some examples of machine, more machine augmentation and automation, which I think that that space is going to continue to be developed. We're seeing, for example, these automated smart spraying or spot spraying technologies that are, are coming to market. I know that there's smart combine harvester technology coming to market. So I, I think further technologies that are going to take some of the decision making and automate it, um, take the data directly from the sensors and automate decision making uh, are, are going to start coming about and, and be one of these, these things that is uh, going to be pretty impactful. Yeah, very good. Todd, would you like to, to add on to that? Yeah, and and I'll absolutely just continue with the thought because as, as AI comes in, uh, then that is going to enable more robotics to come in. And this flywheel just continues to gain momentum with, with what technology farmers might be adapting. Uh, the, the one word that I love uh, is interoperability. And uh, for, for growers to be able to use different technology platforms and have them work and communicate together. Uh, I think the company that can best figure that out uh, or best enable that for growers is going to see a, a tremendous uh, uptick in adoption uh, because again, that interoperability, all of this technology being able to work together will provide more data to farmers in, in a more usable fashion allowing them to make better decisions for their operation. So as I see it, all the technology is great, but making it useful and making those different technologies work together uh, is going to be really critical for the future. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Todd. And Blake, I'll let you take the last word on this question. Sure. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with Rod Todd's comments. I, I love the use case of the uh, precision application in Sea and Spray. We've, we've worked with a lot of companies there. Um, the capability to take imagery in real time and do applications, uh, whether it's pest disease, uh, weed control, um, you name it, it's, it's impressive. There's a labor reduction possibility um, benefit there. Uh, I think one that gets overlooked, though, with any of these AI capabilities is also the data trail behind it and the benefit that, that can provide um, chemical applications, especially you think about compliance with, with spray regulations, excuse me, regulations and some of the increasing policy around that space, uh, the ability to prove, have track of record, not just using uh, the AI on the front end, but also keeping logs in the back end is, is certainly beneficial. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And Blake, um, another individual question for you. Um, you know, I think one of the discussions we haven't gotten into in terms of seed companies is, is how to find the right partner. I know you mentioned that sometimes getting into these new tech, uh, into these new technologies for seed companies can um, be faced with a little bit of opposition, maybe. So, for a seed company looking to partner with someone with more ag tech expertise in that space to find better solutions for their customers, what do you think they should be looking for in a partner? Tough, tough one again. Um, tough for us, to be honest with you. I think we we look at it from a different angle, but when we work with companies in M&A, which, which are going to be successful, um, it's hard to identify and pre-diligence these companies to know, is it truly unique and novel, or are there six others that are doing the same thing? Um, 
And I think if I had the perfect answer to that, I, we would probably be having different discussions. I don't. Uh, but I, again, I said, be open-minded. I think it's, it's good to look. Uh, I would really encourage people. What we like to do is get as much third-party trial data, customer access, um, information around churn, uh, product stickiness, et cetera, to really be a proof of validation of, of is the technology working in the space. Um, you know, I think not something the tech companies love to hear, but trying to light touch demo for one, two seasons to make sure it is going to work before spending a ton of time on it would probably be the best path. Awesome. Thank you so much, Blake. And sorry that I keep giving you all the hard questions today, but that's okay. Um, Todd, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about some of these measurements to figure out if a technology is working well on your, your, your operation. We, we mentioned some of it can just be ease of mind and the, the mental fatigue that it uh, lifts up. But what, how should seed companies and growers be reviewing this technology that they're implementing? What, what measurements do they need to be reviewing to find out if they're actually hitting that return on investment and it's worth that kind of time, effort, and money to learn? Yeah. In, in return on investment, I think, is the most common uh, type of measurement that a grower is going to look at. Um, and, and, and taking the data that's available because of the technology you've adapted and implemented on your farm and, and using that in a way that, that helps you understand what is the ROI, not only for that maybe one particular piece of technology, but is it helping your overall operation improve an ROI? And, and then with that insight, um, you know, we offer, you know, financial technology products that can then help to uh, offer maybe input financing at, at a better rate or more attractive terms, um, perhaps a uh, warranty to help reduce risk um, as, as a grower adopts new uh, practices on their operation. Uh, so financial technology, again, can be used as a specific tool uh, to help uh, kind of tie together some of the data that's being generated by all the wonderful things that uh, farmers have already and continue to adopt on their operation. Awesome. Thank you so much, Todd. I have one last question for today um, for, for all three of you. Maybe we'll reverse our order and we'll start with Blake and we'll go Todd and then we'll let Rob get the last word of the day. But, um, you know, we, we've talked about how these technologies can be a little intimidating and how there, there's some sticking points where, where people are a little bit slow to adopt. I mean, we've talked about that there's just a lot that goes with it. What's your advice for anyone feeling a little overwhelmed by this kind of rapid new technology onset? Um, and Blake, I'll let you start from the seed perspective. And again, we'll end with Rob today. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess, first of all, know that we are too. Um, I think everyone can be a little overwhelmed by the amount um, of application of the technology, both for, you know, your business or, or those that you serve. Um, I also think it's important to know there's a lot of groups that, that focus their effort on this space, um, consulting organizations like ours, like others that spend a lot of time understanding, researching, knowing what's out there. Uh, that can be a really good, good tool uh, for you to assess some of these. So look out to the market, um, maybe to, to understand, validate, find university research, et cetera, to, to be able to, you know, cope with the magnitude of what is out there and try to identify what's most important to you before making decisions. Awesome. Thank you so much, Blake. Um, Todd, anything to add? 
Yeah, I think Blake kind of hit the nail on the head there. The, the word I like to use is trusted advisor. Um, who would you turn to for other questions that you might have on, on new practices or uh, new seed variety hybrids, whatever it might be? Um, so turn to that trusted advisor um, who can help uh, at least inform you on some of the uh, advantages, maybe some of the disadvantages uh, for that technology uh, within your own operation. Uh, that trusted advisor could very likely be a, uh, a set of uh, individuals that bring a different perspective uh, to your operation. So having that group uh, around you to help uh, provide input as you ask questions, ultimately uh, the farmer, uh, for better or worse, gets to make that decision. And, and I think that's wonderful. Um, but relying on some additional insight and, and uh, these trusted advisors, I think is really important uh, when they make a decision uh, about whether to jump into a new technology or not. Thank you so much, Todd. And then Rob, again, last word of the day. Yes. So um, again, I, I have three things. One, I would say identify that value proposition, which you know, I, I mentioned before. It's not necessarily just economic value. Second would be identify your trusted advisors. I actually have that exact phrase in my preparatory notes here, independent of Todd, but I, I would agree that's a good way to think of it. So nobody can be an expert on everything. So identify who are your trusted advisors who can help advise you in some of those areas that you just don't have the, the time or capability to be an expert on. And then the third, I would say, is focus on problems over products. So it can be really dizzying if your focus is just on all the different products that are coming out, but try to think first about what are the issues, challenges, opportunities that are gonna benefit your specific operation, and then go from there, uh, rather than focusing on, on the products or the tools first. I think that's wonderful advice from all of you for, for our listeners. Know that you're not alone. Other people are overwhelmed. Make sure you have a trusted advisor and that will help you um, figure out what to do for the future. Thank you so much to all three of you. That's all the time we ended up having for today. I'd like to give a big thank you to our speakers one last time. Blake, Todd, Rob, thank you so much for, for helping us work through this topic. And thank you to everyone who sat and listened with us over your lunch break. Hopefully you found something that you can take home and talk about with your spouse or your family tonight. And if you want to see more webinars, make sure you keep your eyes peeled for our next webinar we're hosting on July 27th where we're going to tackle all the differences between private and public breeding programs. It's going to be a really good one. Um, and just a reminder, in case you missed part of this webinar, a recording is going to be made available later this week at seedworld.com. Thank you so much again, everyone. We hope you have a terrific day. This is Alex Martin signing off. Bye-bye.